0: this morning as we open in worship, as we sing his praises, joy to the world, sing it with us.
1: Amen. 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 Isn't it great to be coming into church and we're now starting to sing these Christmas carols and stuff like that? You know what? We're going to go ahead and we're going to just take requests from you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Pastor Kelly, kill me for that. But I'm just so thankful that you're here this morning. Thank you for being here at Sunset Hills. So grateful that we are now entering into the Advent season. Um, Listen, to orthodox christianity nothing better right now to be able to just say that christ had come for a sinner like me for a sinner like you and really this moment is just a, a cultural opportunity for us i know that as we get into the christmas season it could be a difficult time for some But we really want to make much of Jesus in that time. Even if it's hard for you, we want to be a church that ministers to your needs and loves you in those ways. If you're new with us for the first time, thank you for coming. Please come and see me. My name's Eric. I'll be in the lobby at the end of service. Would love to just meet you, get to know you a little bit better. We have a little gift for you. If you want to, you can text hi to that number right there. We promise we won't give your cell phone number or any of your personal information, anybody. It's just a way to connect with us so that we can begin to minister and serve and be a part of your life as a church so would you do me a favor if you're standing around right now and you're looking at me why don't you turn around and say hello to a few people say welcome to sunset hills
0: but nonetheless, God, we're so grateful for the hope that that little boy brings that we can spend eternity with you, God. So God, this Christmas season, let us refocus our minds. God, the food is great. The gift giving is fun. All the other holiday traditions, God, that bring us together as family. But God, let us refocus our minds to realize that God you are the reason for this season and without you God we wouldn't have hope in this world so today for that we say thank you in that baby boy's name Jesus we pray amen you may be seated here this morning Mary did you
2: to the blind
1: saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart.
3: Well, you've made quite the grand entrance into the world now, haven't you? Not the entrance a king would make. No palace, no guards. Just a barn, and a lot of hay, if you ask me. What am I to make of all these visitors? This silent night sure got loud fast. I suppose you'd like to know how this all came to be, wouldn't you? Well, on an ordinary day, more ordinary than you could imagine, an angel came to me. I know. I had trouble believing it myself. He spoke of things I couldn't really comprehend. He spoke of you, the Son of the Most High. And after he said all that would happen, things that seemed altogether impossible, he looked straight at me, as if to ask, will you say yes? It was the scariest yes I had ever uttered to tell you the truth. This was an impossible yes that only God could make possible. This would change everything, never in my wildest dreams. Speaking of dreams, is it okay that I have dreams for you too? All moms have dreams for their babies, you know even babies who are announced by heavenly hosts. Oh, my little one, what other yeses will God ask of me? Because I must confess, when I said yes to all of this, my legs were shaking a little when I said it. No, a lot, my legs were shaking a lot. I have a strange feeling this will not be the only yes required of me. Oh, my child. I cannot begin to imagine the yeses that God will ask of you. So, we'll just take things one day at a time. The yeses, the noes. I must face them as they come. God help me one faithful day at a time to keep saying yes.
4: Last week we started a series looking at some real life stories of people involved in the first Christmas and the choices that had to be made when a dilemma like you just saw acted out occurred. A dilemma, I remind you of this, is a situation in which a difficult choice has to be made between two alternatives or more, especially when it's undesirable activities that messes with our plans. Different characters involved in this Christmas story had found themselves in various dilemmas. However, in the midst of those Christmas dilemmas that we are highlighting during the season, Something very important was taking place. And it hasn't stopped since. God is at work in your life, in the life thousands of years ago, even before, God is and always at work in our lives. It's truly a beautiful sight to behold when you slow down enough and you're conscious of the fact and you see that God works in our lives, right? Henry Blackaby says, find out where God is at work and join him. For a young teenage girl named Mary, she did not have to go looking to see where God is at work. God came to her by sending an angel by the name of Gabriel to invite her into having this major role within the greatest story that's ever been told. And after her encounter with the angel of the Lord, Mary would be faced with a lot of situations that contained problems. She would be confronted with this dilemma of whether or not she would say yes. The work that God was up to would present to her a really difficult situation. It wasn't as we've kind of imagined as we set out our nativity scenes that everything just magically happened without any problems. It was everything but easy. How could this betrothed virgin become pregnant without ever knowing a man? So we have this dilemma that she has of saying yes, she quickly sees it and was asked by Gabriel in the question, uh, how will this come about? How will this be since I'm a virgin? We'll spend more time on that in a moment, but it would not take long for those initial questions to be settled in her mind in a way that She gladly accepts the invitation to join in the work that God was doing. Her yes is captured really in the words, not so much in the single word of yes, but in how she said some other things. She says in in verse 38 of Luke's gospel, it says, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. These 12 verses that kind of we're going to look at this morning, they they capture the scene of that first Christmas a mere nine months away, and we cannot really overlook how this was really becomes a brave and a confident yes to this dilemma that faces Mary, saying yes, even for us today. To what God wants to do in our lives does not mean that we get to enjoy a carefree life with no worries or problems to overcome. If, if anybody's here that thinks just becoming a Christian will solve all of your problems, then you're in the wrong place. It doesn't happen that way. Amen? But yet, saying yes to the God who is the creator of all perfect plans is really a good place to be and to have your life aligned with his wishes. In her case, saying yes meant that there would be misunderstanding. There has the potential of being misalignment or a maligned character, of being marred and reputations being ruined. And, and, and I mean, all of this was a going to be a problem for her if she accepts this assignment that God has for her six months after God sends the angel Gabriel to another birth it has another birth message to a man named Zechariah who was serving as a priest in the temple at Jerusalem of Judea he's now doing the very same thing for Mary so it's like two births that are going to take place one a few months later we pick up the story in Luke chapter 1 verse 26 in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth if God was going to send an angel anywhere it stands to reason that he would do so to a priest who is serving in the temple within this great and important city of Jerusalem. I mean, this was a place where all where it was really happening, a rich history that Jerusalem has where, where uh, there's prominence and there's influence and, and people come from all over to come to this particular city. It, it was a city that was sung about in the songs of Israel and, and, and stories, Stories were told about it from days of old. And, and the priesthood, I mean, that seems logical place to send an angel to to make an announcement to a priest in the temple. But Nazareth? Not so much. Nazareth is out. In the sticks, I was thinking of maybe some cities that would kind of represent what Nazareth sort of stands for, and and I thought about naming some cities that were just kind of not the most prominent cities. Uh, 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 no, I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> Might insult some of you all from New Orleans or some place like that. Oh, uh, sorry about that memphis uh whatever right this nazareth was off the beaten path situated in a region of galilee that meant it was surrounded by the gentile lands and like you had to pass through there we don't like passing through gentile lands even the jews they they that lived there they didn't really keep strict adherence To the law lots of what we would call in Baptist life backsliders lived in Galilee Nazareth has this reputation wasn't all that great as one someone, someone once asked can anything good come from Nazareth so Gabriel however he doesn't stop by Jerusalem he goes on his way to the city to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. It's important to note here that Mary is not only was a virgin, but she was also betrothed to this man, as the scripture says, by the name of Joseph. And, and what's so special about them? Mary and Joseph? Nothing. They they weren't special at all. They didn't come from wealthy families. The parents of Joseph and Mary, they did typically, as the families of that day did, they came together at some point, and, and, and a contract was drawn, and they, they became some, it became something that they understood. The, the two of them, that was very serious. This would be a signing of the betrothal contracts, which basically said at the end of the year that two people, that these parents' consent together would become married a common practice that they'd seen all their lives. In biblical days, betrothal meant that the woman was legally married to this man, and all they, the, though they had not consummated the marriage with a wedding or a, a feast, and the marriage bed, or once this betrothal was in place, the marriage was recognized in the, na- in the eyes of the law and of the land and of the Lord. And, and maybe... As incredible as that seems to us today, what probably was even more incredible even then, it seems just almost impossible to us that this little girl was 14 years old. 14 years old. Have a daughter. She's no longer 14. She's actually had three children. I don't know what I would have done had her husband-to-be come to me when she was 14 years old and said, Hey, Steve, I'd I'd like to marry your daughter at 14. No way, dude. (laughs) Ain't happening. Anybody with any sense would say that, right? 14? And as incredible it was for Mary to be betrothed at 14, What is even more incredible is this, that God was going to put His own Son in the hands of a virgin girl. What a ridiculous, incredible story that was about to happen to Mary, to humankind. History. Mary's Christmas dilemma was about to become clear as she encounters Gabriel and the message that he had for her. And so Gabriel, when he shows up, identifies her and then greets her. In verse 28 says, And the virgin's name is Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Oh, favored one. Mary is a favored one for no other reason than the fact that she is a recipient of God's grace. The reason for this status that, that Mary uh, uh, of, ha, uh, gets of this, of this favored and, and, and full of grace, it's attained because God chose to give it to her. Biblical scholars note that the only other place in the New Testament where the language that is used for this, this being favored is used in Ephesians 1, 6, where the Apostle Paul speaks of the glorious grace that is given to those found in Jesus Christ. Years ago, there was a sweet grandmother in the school that I was head of for many years who... And when I saw this sweet grandmother and she often would be there really bringing her granddaughter to school most every day and I would see her at other times and just a a woman of beauty inside and out. And I would ask her, how's she doing? And she would always say to me, no matter how many times, if I saw her four times during the daytime, she would say the same thing. How you doing? And she would say, Blessed and highly favored. Kind of took me by surprise the first time or two I heard her state that. In fact, in my spiritual immaturity, I thought she was being a little cocky every time she would answer, blessed and highly favored. I thought there was only one person that had been blessed and highly favored by the name of Mary. Eventually, I would come to realize that anyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ and you've been adopted as a child of God into his family and you've gone through the act of salvation, guess what? You're blessed and highly favored. That's us, the church. And so it's very appropriate for this grandmother to say and to proudly proclaim whenever I ask her, how are you doing? Blessed and highly favored. I dare you to go and say that. Somebody asked you at lunchtime today in a restaurant, how are you doing? And just tell them, blessed and highly favored. Because if you're a believer, you are. Favor and grace. Oh, wait a minute. Let me just say, make this point. Unless you're a child of God, You're not blessed and highly favored by God. You see, having favor and grace comes only and freely as a gift from God. You can't get it any other way. Now, you can try to put a... A world's definition on blessed and highly favored but it's not meaning the same thing that we find here Mary or any follower of Jesus Christ we're never blessed and highly favored or highly favored on our own it's because it's a freely given grace gift of God to each of us it was the grace of God of being favored on Mary that helped her receive this news from Gabriel that God wanted to do this great work in her and by sending His one and only Son into the world through her womb. I suppose might have been the hope. I mean, all the f- people knew about the, this Messiah coming, might have been the hope of all the girls who were of age at that time, these Jewish, Maybe I'll be the one. Maybe I'll be the the one who would be the mother of the Messiah. Of course, they had no idea it would come the way it did. But could it be I'll be the one? What an honor it would have been. The detail, though, would be very difficult to explain to any... And all who would notice a, a baby bump of someone unmarried. Hmm. Even before she received the news of how God wanted to be at work her, verse 29 describes Mary's initial emotions to this encounter with the angel. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting might this be let's put a human side to this you have a young girl who's already on the edge probably of just the fact that she's going through this this betrothal this, this marriage agreement I mean come on Didn't you go through some anguish, some angst? If you had your wedding kind of planned months out, the closer you got to it, you were beginning to wonder some things that would cause you to have some stress in your mind. Like, is this really the person I want to spend the rest of my life with Now, I guess I could ask you to raise your hands if you thought that, and some of you might get in trouble if you haven't ever admitted that. But did the thought ever cross your mind? Like, what if six months from now I discover that I really don't like him a whole lot or love him a whole lot or her? Let me just give a word of advice to those of, Never been married, and you want to be. There will be times when you don't like the person you're married to. Amen? Oh, come on. Be honest. You're in church. Aren't there times when it's difficult to like the person that you are married to? Even if you've been married for 40 years like I have. I'm not saying this about Lynch. You would say this about me. <laughs> there might even be some times when you're wondering whether you really love that person. Angst about getting married? I, I suppose, suppose that maybe Mary was feeling this. And then all of a sudden, an angel appears. You're terrified, quite honestly. Thoughts are running through your head. What will I do? Where shall I run? I'm not used to this. Who are you to show up in my life like this? I've never experienced a visit from an angel that I know of. But I know this, if I had a visit from an angel, I'd be pretty shook up about it, and so would you. At least at first. And then you throw on top of that the news, what the angel shares. I mean, it's not enough for an angel to, to come, but all of a sudden the angel says, Oh, and you're going to have a baby. Wow. How our babies were planned. They didn't come in the timing, which made it kind of fun and interesting. But you know what I'm saying. Maybe a little too much information there. But all our babies were planned. I mean, we planned ever. We didn't have any surprise babies at our house. I, I, again, I thought about asking you to volunteer if you did. You have a surprise baby at your house, and or were you a surprise to your parents? I, maybe I don't know, but surprise babies would certainly be a catalyst. for stress, or fear, angst. An angel, a baby. This baby that the angel was announcing certainly was planned, but not by the one who was going to have to carry it. So it would be very... Normal to be greatly troubled after being greeted by an angel, and especially with the news that the angel brought. Anything less would seem to be less than human. And Mary was very much 100% totally human. Young, has her whole life ahead of her, has all these plans. However, the Lord has chosen her for a special assignment. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Obviously, she's afraid, but the angel speaks in a voice that she understands and says, Do not be afraid, or other versions call it, Fear not. For behold, I bring you, you know, I think they talk shepherds too, right? Fear not. You have found favor with god putting her at ease he tells her god has favored you he's going to favor me favor just what does that look like i i i just have a feeling that mary knows enough about god already that that she, when she hears that she's been have found favor by God, that she knows that finding favor by God is going to be a good thing. So now her mind is starting to be put at ease. Certainly not what she thought, and definitely what, not what she, what she was planning. And he goes on to say, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call name Jesus. What Mary is about to find out is that she's favored by God, but in a whole different way of what her plan is. Kind of makes me wonder this, about God's plans with us. I mean, has God ever had something... I mean, have you ever made plans and God changed them? You ever been in a situation where it's like, this is where I'm heading, this is not what I'm, no, I know what I'm going to do, and God all of a sudden interrupts and says, uh, No, I got something else in mind for you. I mean, why are we really afraid of God's plans? Maybe because His plans are often interruptions and there might be inconvenient for us. Or maybe God's purpose, and this is probably closer to it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I want to do what God wants me to do. I mean, we we have the church language, don't we? Yeah, I want to be in His will. I've discovered... A, a, but then, all of a sudden, His plans are contrary to our plan and interrupts our agenda. And then we have to start deciding, do I do this or that? And, and, and you know... It's not some big grandiose plan that I'm necessarily talking about. It might be on a daily basis. What's God leading me to do today, right now? But God, and we start throwing up excuses. But I, I, I got to be over here. I got to do this. I, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to. You just keep it simple. We have our agendas, and we don't like it when God interrupts them. His purpose is, for us is often different than what we have planned for ourselves. He goes; the angel goes on to say he would be great and will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever his kingdom will never end oh my goodness can you imagine hearing that for the first time of the description of what your son is going to be God had been waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years, for this moment where he could break through history and announce the Messiah. Although although Gabriel told Mary what was behind the greeting that greatly troubled her, and she begins to feel at ease, she doesn't yet quite have a full picture of what saying yes really means. And she starts asking questions. Very appropriate to do. How will this be, Mary asks the angel, since I am a virgin? A, limit, a legitimate question. In other words, it, this is totally impossible. It's really absurd. I... I It's physically impossible for me to be expecting a baby. I'm a virgin, and virgins don't give birth to babies. It's totally and completely impossible. Think about it. I mean, she just has to be kind of blown away with this. I've been chosen to be the mother of the Son of God, but then all of a sudden it's like, How can this happen? I mean, I understand enough about anatomy that this just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I'm a virgin. What's my family going to say? What's Joseph going to say? What about my marriage? What are the neighbors going to gossip about? How's all this going to work out? Yeah, God, I know you got big plans for me, but, but I'm concerned about all these relationships that are all around me. I, I, you know how it sort of works out in our time? Yeah, God, I want to take a stand for you, but I'm a little worried that if I do, what are people going to think about me? I'm going to be pregnant out of wedlock, a sin punishable by death from stone. Yeah, honor accompanied by fear. Can you, can you imagine what she's thinking in her mind? Now I've got to have... I mean, have you ever been in trouble and you, you, you've got to go and face the music with someone? And you're trying to work it all out, you know? Well, she wasn't in trouble, but this just happens to her. And now she's got to go talk to Joseph about this what's he going to say what's he going to do how's all this going to go hey joe (laughs) come over here buddy i love you would you just have a seat a minute uh joe i'm pregnant i mean come on I can imagine. I'm not going to portray Joe's. You can imagine what his response would be, what Joseph would have been thinking. And then she says, by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I believe that one. Ridiculous. But that's what the angel says. Verse 35. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit would come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby will be born will be holy and he will be called the son of god there's your explanation ridiculous absolutely it's not something that makes a whole lot of sense you're telling me i'm going to have a son and it's going to be caused by the holy spirit he goes on to say even elizabeth your relative is going to have a child in her age and she Who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Oh, whoa. If you don't get anything else today out of the message, I want you to get this for what the angel said For nothing is impossible with God. It happened then, it was true then in the most miraculous kind of way, and it's the same God who does the impossibilities today. Nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't say only a few things are possible. Only the easy things are possible with God. It doesn't even say if you believe nothing is impossible with God. And let me add one more thing to that let me change the wording a little bit and say it this way. Nothing is possible without God. Now, Scripture says nothing is impossible is impossible with God. Whether I believe it or not, whether you believe it or not, this is true. The Christmas story reminds us if God could do this, he certainly could do all sorts of things in our lives. It's quite a dilemma that she's now encountering, one that certainly would cause pause. What Mary did was try now to start working all this out in her mind. It says She tried to discern what was happening, and soon she would say yes with her whole life. She engages and encounters this messenger, and her yes to the situation is not a passive or flippant kind of yes. Rather, it's an active pursuit to understand what this invitation in order to do God's plan is all about. How was she to do this? What does all this mean? She didn't just blindly say, okay, I'll do it. No, she starts inquiring, how's this going to be? God, would you start revealing this plan? Even though I don't see it all, would you begin to show it to me? And she continued to question and listen, and she eventually gets to the point where she answers the dilemma by saying this. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. That, my friends, is an emphatic yes. Let it be according to your word. It's the best answer that she could give. What does that kind of say and kind of our kind of language? In other words, I have no fear, God, anymore. Whatsoever your plans are, I'm going to do them because I am your servant. I'm going to not fight this anymore. I'm not going to question it. I trust you because I know you have what's best for me in mind, and I'm your servant. I know, God, that I've got some plans, but all of those kind of go by the wayside because I really want to do what you wanted me to do in my life, even if it's an interruption that is inconvenient and doesn't fit with my agenda. That's where she gets to. May everything you've said come true in my life. And with that, there's this sense that I'm good with it. In other words, I'm at peace. I trust you. I bring all my doubts and all my fears. I place them on you what we're told to do in the new testament is it not cast all your anxiety on the lord she wasn't paralyzed by these emotions of her trouble she she went through them but she moves past them with the desire to do what god wants her to do and as we try to discern how god is at work around us or in us and how we can best join in his plan we should not be paralyzed or fear what plans he has for us. We should acknowledge our feelings, and it's even okay to acknowledge your doubt, as we saw last week with Joseph, or acknowledge your fear that we're seeing today with with Mary. All of that's okay, but eventually we have to get to the point to what, what she says is, I'm your servant. I want your will in my life. So maybe you've been there. Or maybe you're facing that kind of a situation, your own personal dilemma right now, and you're trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, give me some kind of practical points here that that I can take away from this today that, that shows me how I'm to respond to God in this. Okay, thanks for asking. Let me give you about three, maybe four, or whatever, how many I decide. But Here's the first one find out what God has already said. We have this that God has given to us and it's full of paths and directions that God has given to us and he's never going to give us a plan that is contrary to his word. He's never going to lead you to do something that goes against what his word says. All these people who say, do bad things, that says God told them to do it. You better question that. That's not real because that's contrary to what God's Word is. He has a lot to say about how we're to live our lives. And it's found right here. Uh, there, there's a scripture that we... It's part of the, the, the pledge that, that we... S- teach our our children to say when they're little, uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That is found in the Bible in Psalm 119, 105. It's a path, it's a light that sheds a way on how we're to find God's plan for us. Here's the second thing. Pray and ask God to speak to you. When you're in a dilemma, and you're seeking some answer to get you through, let me give you something to remember it by. I didn't come up with this, but I like it. Everybody say J333 with me. Ready? J333. J333 stands for Jeremiah 333. That's 33 the 33rd chapter and the third verse and here's an invitation from God to call on him in prayer it says call on me and what does it say I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known that's J333 so if you're seeking something from God you're wanting an answer from him it says to call on him and and I will answer you do you believe it or not Do you trust Him or not? This passage, it's really a context of an invitation for Jeremiah in the Old Testament, prophet about the Lord God Almighty, but it's the nature and the character of God who has created people to have an intimate relationship with Him that is consistent with who we are today. He invites us into this relationship. And he wants to be a part of our everyday lives and our everyday decision-making. And, and, and here's what I—when here's when, when I practice it, it gets easier. When I fail to practice it, guess what? It gets harder. It's just like exercise. I mean, look at this physical physique of mine, and you can tell how much I exercise, Right? Let me just go on with that. <laughs> if I exercise this calling and praying to God, I discover more about what he wants in my life. If I don't, you look like this. And you don't want to look like this. J 333. Here's another one. Seek wise counsel trusted advisors i do this often within our church within our deacon body with friends that i consider wise fellow pastors proverbs 15:22 says without counsel plans fail but with many advisors they succeed You know what? It's easy to find people who tell you what you want to hear. It's even easy to find people who would tell you what you don't want to hear. What may be a little more difficult is finding people with godly wisdom who tells you, shares with you, wisdom from God that you need to hear. Seek wise counsel. Often, God speaks to us and guides us in our lives by using other people. But be careful who they are. Test them out. Here's another one. Look for doors that are opening rather than trying to kick down the ones that are closed. What's God? What kind of doors are opening to you? You know, kind of what that says is, Kind of look, see what God's doing, and set aside your own agenda. God, I, I, I think this is door you're opening for me, rather than, I'm kicking in the door, God, you better be on the other side, because I'm going to get there. ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be open here's an interesting fact that i've discovered it may take years of living life before you truly discover the reason that God was taking you through some of the circumstances that He taken. Might not come immediately. You, you, you go back, you say, Well, God, I'm asking, I, 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 I need you to tell me what's going on. And I need to know right now. Well, God may choose, no, you're not quite ready for it. Just wait a little while and it'll start unfolding to you. You'll start seeing the plan. Anybody ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? David gave us some great instruction when it comes to discerning what God may be leading a person to do when he wrote these words in wisdom in Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Maybe that's the best advice you could have right now. Delight yourself in the Lord. God, are you you pleased with what you see in me? Am I I soaking in all that there is of you? Line it up. I mean, it's not like this prosperity gospel, like if I'll just do this, 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 and this, God's going to bless me. I'm not talking about that. That's a bunch of falsehood. Do what God wants you to do first because you love Him. And your heart's going to be happy, joyful. Don't contradict what God wants. Put yourself in the same position that Mary placed herself in when she's facing this Christmas dilemma in her life where she says, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. You know how Jesus described that? He said, Thy will be done thy will, your will, in my life. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we have witnessed London portray this, this skit of something that truly really did happen. Maybe in a different way, with different words. But Scripture backs up what Mary was going through when she was faced with a dilemma. And while she had some incredible interactions through angelic visits that we may not encounter in our own lives, we truly have your word and we have your Holy Spirit who's able to show us things in our own lives of how our plans line up with yours so Father I pray that if there's someone here is facing some sort of dilemma that they will use the message of today not through anything that I have the capacity to say but through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, that it would, He would speak to our hearts and show us how our plans need to line up with You, that we can trust You, that You want the very best for us. And You want Your will to be done in our lives. And Father, You have to find us surrendering to that, submissive, yearning and listening to what you want and what you're leading us to do. So if you find one of us in that point of of a dilemma, Father, I pray today you'll speak. Maybe we need to bring something before you, Lord, that just bring it here in this altar. It changes how we view it. Maybe it shows we're a little more serious about it than just a quick prayer right before bedtime or as we're doing a thousand other things. This altar, Father, is open. Maybe, Father, there's someone here who needs to have that first and right relationship with you and experience the salvation, being favored and blessed by the whole reason that Jesus came to take away the sins of, our, of the world, our own sins. We pray if there's someone here that needs to make that decision, that today they would give their heart and their life to you. We pray these things in the blessed name of Jesus as we stand and as we sing. i Father, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess the blessed name of Jesus who has the power to save us. We're grateful and we thank you for it. We thank you that we have this season that the world really stops and takes notice of what your name means. And it is in the blessed name of Jesus we pray. Amen. May be seated, please.
0: Amen. Hasn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You're one of these folks that the devil occasionally tries to encourage you to stay in bed and miss church and watch it online. I mean, what a blessing this morning has been. So many different things. I love the Christmas music and the folks that gathered on Tuesday to help make God's house look so festive and fun. We appreciate you. Um, and just in in uh, the same train of thought, appreciating folks, Eric, you want to come up and share with us just a, just a note of appreciation for some folks?
1: You betcha. Um, so if you serve as a life group leader, if you're a small group leader, a men's group, a women's group, um... I didn't see our prayer ministry leader here this morning, but that as well as youth leaders. So if you're a youth teacher or you're a children's ministry leader that teaches, that's part of our Sunday gatherings, our midweek gatherings. Would you please stand up and then join me down here we want to give you a gift of appreciation and recognition so it's okay if we got to stand up here you can too so come on down thank you bobby for leading the way but if you are a participant in those ministries in our church would you come down here i know this was a bit impromptu for some of you in the adult ministries and stuff you knew this was coming uh for the children's ministries maybe not they uh, you know our our sweet sweet children's director courtney is going to go ahead and do this, but what I wanted to do is let the church, you guys, give these guys a round of applause, number one. Yeah. So here's the deal. As a pastor here, it's just always encouraging to see your faces, and of course, the Bible says that we don't want to give ourselves recognition. We want others to do so, and that's what we would like to do as a church for you, as pastoral staff to you to be able to say we appreciate the fact that you've been called that you are equipping even yourselves to be able to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you and and this task of teaching as you know as teachers is a noble one it's a humble one and it's actually one of those things that many of you have discovered if you've done this even with your own students that when you get to dig in Don't you get the blessing of being able to dig in so you become the student as well. And so I just appreciate this team of people, and there's more of them that lead us in our small groups ministries, on our men's groups, our women's groups, our children, and our youth to make disciples that desire to make more disciples. That's the goal of our church, and it starts in the trenches. Um, This I would consider to be the ground war. And this is the troops right here in the ground war, making disciples and gathering people. So thank you guys very, very much. I want to just say a prayer of blessing. And then there's a box over here with this little booklet that I got for you called Prayers and Promises for Teachers. And so if you would take that as a, a gift from the church to you, and and hopefully that will be a blessing as well during this holiday season. So would you mind if I just prayed for you? And uh, we'll continue. Father God, just thank you so very much for these teachers, Lord, as they have taken this year to give of their time but more so lord as they've been able to prayerfully just dig into your word that word then can be then dispensed upon other people that they're caring for lord and that father that that word transforms them as that they would hope it transforms others that they teach and facilitate it too So Father, we just thank you for this year and we pray forward to the new year that's gonna be coming in a few weeks that these teachers will see just the delight in being able to serve in these ministries and in this capacity. And our church appreciates them very much and we praise God for that ministry of teachers and facilitators of the gospel of jesus christ here at sunset hills and all of god's people who would agree with this would say amen amen thank you guys very much a round of applause again for these this is yours bobby you keep that
0: our women's ministry has had a phenomenal week with uh jesus first and favorite things Uh, our men's ministry this is your week and so uh, men's breakfast, that's coming up this Saturday, 7.59. Uh, I encourage you to come and be a part of that. This is our, our Christmas breakfast edition. I've just planted a new seed that you didn't know about, Danny. We've got to do something special now. I just said it's our Christmas edition. What are you planting I'll figure out. We'll figure out something. It'll be special. So guys, plan on being with us here uh, this coming Saturday morning. Uh, 759. also just a quick reminder um, our library is a space that's used for a classroom as well and so I think a couple of folks may have been confused thinking maybe it wasn't open it is open uh, it's featuring this month Christmas and cookbooks so we encourage you to go by and check that out uh, you can work around some of the easels and things as it's being used as a classroom but go by and check out uh, some special things in the library pastor Steve
4: so as you came in today uh, you noticed a lot of changes throughout the entire building as far as the decorations and whatnot uh, Kelly has already kind of mentioned the Tuesday group and if you were here helping us decorate and ate lunch with us I'd like for you to stand and let's recognize and show our appreciation to those folks who made everything look so nice <clears throat> Thank you so much and As you also may have noticed, there are a couple of uh, places out under the canopy, around the canopy, where you can get your uh, photos made. That is open all the time, so if you would like to come up here and get your uh, picture made with your family, I even know that somebody brought their dogs up here to uh, have their picture made. Uh, That's for the community. There's been a lot of just goodwill from our community about that, and people made a lot of comments so, if you know some folks, spread that picture around. Get your picture made out there with your family. And you know what? A, a good kind of PR move for our church would be hey, just put it on your Facebook page and say, got my picture made at Sunset Hills Baptist Church. If you're part of the Nolensville 411, 4-1, put your picture on that as well. They invite us to do that. So, I encourage you to do it. And speaking of pictures, uh, you can get your picture made with your family inside. There are a couple of places in the, in the foyer area to, to have your picture made. And Jackie Strew was going to be out there taking pictures. And so if, you've got, if you want to wait around, then we'll stay here until... All the pictures are made. You get your pictures made today. And we'll do that throughout the rest of the season. And one of the things, Cheryl's coming and playing uh, uh, the piano um, out in the lobby just uh, right before worship each Sunday during the Christmas season. So take advantage of all of these things. There's one last thing I want to encourage you to do. And this, while all these things have been really nice and we, we enjoy doing them, but this is very important because it has to do with spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how we help support the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. That, that is a mission effort that goes to support the, the International Mission Board, that where missions, people, missionaries, we had some in our church this past summer, uh, are out on the, in the field right now. And, and a way that we can help support that, first of all, you can give. You can give through our church, through special offerings. But you can also, rather than spending money at the United States Post Office, use, you can use our own post office here in the foyer out there by taking your Christmas cards that you would normally send to uh, people within the church family, rather than sending them through the mail and spending that money for a stamp, put it in the boxes out here and the money that you would use to pay for the stamp. What is a stamp these days? you know? I think it's 63, 63 cents. <laughs>
0: I Uh, use forever stamps, so I don't even keep up with it anymore. I
4: I remember when they were a nickel. Uh, That says something, right? Okay. So 63 cents. Take that 63 cents, and put it into something that makes a difference with eternity, as opposed to just a card that's gonna just gonna go by the wayside. And and we're gonna watch a short video, and then we're gonna say, "See you later." Okay. Take a look at the uh, IMB uh, Lottie Moon Christmas Offering video
5: we sense it in the brokenness of the world around us. Lostness is a blindness to the promise and hope of the gospel that leads to eternal separation from the Father. The world's greatest problem is lostness and it's growing every day. Eight billion people living in 195 countries, speaking over 7,000 languages today. More than half have yet to hear the good news of the gospel. The vision God gives us in Revelation 7-9. A multitude from every nation, all tribes, peoples, and languages fuels our desire to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But we must be willing to go further than we've ever gone before. To the very edges of lostness, where more than 3,000 people groups have no missionary presence and likely no access to the gospel. No
0: one. While we're waiting for that to come back, I want to remind our students that coming up a week from today, right after service, uh, we are going to be heading to our Christmas luncheon, which is going to be at Chewy's. In Cool Springs. So, if you're a student, we encourage you to hang out for lunch. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. You're here today and you made a decision for Christ. Thank you so much, Or maybe you just have a simple prayer request. We would love and to know you And if this is that. your first you time to join us, thank you for coming. To checking us out,
4: 776. Have a great afternoon. May God, God bless and with you as you leave. Hey, if greet you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to are see you on your, your way, way
0: out. Out. You can join us for Life Group at 9 a.m. or Blended Worship at 10 a.m. Let me say this from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I can both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us. He wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to us So come and join us, whether online or in person. We'd love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life here at Sunday. Have a great day.